Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor. Don't like your odds? Enjoy daily bet boosts on your favourite sports and make your best bet now at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Fellow Chelsea supporters, here at the Blue Dave podcast, we are delighted to welcome this individual on the show today. He is a man who made 191 appearances for Chelsea, scoring 55 goals. He won two trophies during his time with Chelsea, winning the second division championship in 1989 and winning the full Members' Cup in 1990. Here is Kevin Wilson. Kevin, welcome to the Blue Dave podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm good, Keith. Thank you very much. Kevin, let's start from the beginning, if we can. Um, yeah. Obviously, you've been footballer, coach, manager. I want to take it right back to the beginning, if I can. Um, who influenced you to become a footballer in the first place? Um, well, that's, that's a bit of a difficult one. I, I think my, grand, my, my granddad was a, a very a very big, uh, liked his football in, in the times he'd played in and he'd actually been the groundsman at Bambi Spencer, which went on to be Bambi United. Mm. Um, um, I most probably had a lot of people, you know, my mum and dad, they were there because they gave me the the, the encouragement and uh, when things were, were tough, they, they kept me going and, and things like that. But most probably a, a, a guy called Otto Jordan when I was younger, uh, a club called Ruscott Sports, he, he helped me. And and developed me, um, and then I went on to Banbury United, where the the manager there was Brian Stone, who uh, who actually then took me to a few clubs who invited me, and I went to Wimbledon. I think I went to Leicester, Stoke. Um, I actually did sign for Stoke uh, for Sheffield United on a three-year contract, and um, I. Played in three three games in reserves and and scored two goals and I, I all of a sudden I got a phone call to say that I had a problem with my knee and they they couldn't they couldn't put the you know they couldn't carry on and uh, unfortunately I had to go back to Bambi United and it was sort of world ending that was really but you 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 get through it and you survive it and then you you, you try to develop from there. Well, you certainly sort of got over that when, you know, you was able to sign professional terms and your your career moved on, you know, when you obviously was at Derby and then moved on to Chelsea and yeah. it 
you know, yes, obviously you had that setback, but you had the eagerness and the desire to get back from that, didn't you? Yeah, I think I think that's one of the things that you've got to have. You've got to have ment- it's not just physical strength that you've got to have. You've got to have mental strength to deal with the the, the ups and downs of football. You know, um, you, you you do get you get your good times, you get your bad times, and you know, I was fortunate enough not to have too many bad injuries, but. You know, when you are injured, you've got to have that strength of character to come back and, and then try to get back in the side. You know, the hardest one is mostly when you're fit and, and you're not being selected, you know. So they're mostly the harder times. You know, you look at it nowadays and, and squad rotation is, is is a big thing. You know, I wanted to play in every game and whether that was the day the day after or, or two days or three days after, you, you still wanted to play because it was down to you to to get keep yourself fit and, and make sure that you're ready for for the next game. Mm, I do I do agree with that. Um, in regards to when you was a young boy and you sort of was watching football as a kid, who was your favourite player growing up? I mostly looked at. I used to like Kevin Keegan really. Um, I never had his curly hair, but <laughs> you know, I, I mostly looked at it and, and looked at it from the point of view that. Uh, he he played in a very similar way that I did. Um, he he most really went on to uh, uh, get a few more medals than I did in my <laughs> career. But uh, you know he, he uh, was somebody that I liked watching play. And you know I'd, I'd like to look at a lot of, lot of strikers at the time that you sort of look at Alan Clark at Leeds and different people really just to get little bits off every every individual and then. As, as you go on and, and you st- start playing senior football, um, with me at Bambury United, you, you learn off older, the older experienced players. Um, I always remember playing with a, a guy called Hugh Curran, who was a, a Scottish international. Um, he, he came in as Bambury as a, as a player manager and I played up front with him and mm. I, I watched him one training session and I thought, wow, you, you know, he, he got a great touch. Technically, he was good. Um, it was fantastic on free kicks and he he sat with me one day and spoke to me what I wanted to do and I, as I said I want to be a professional footballer and he said well you're you're with the majority but you've you've got a great chance of what you can do so you know he he helped uh, by just seeing him do the bits he did and and I asked him certain things how how did he help you know sort of develop them you know his skills and and you know hopefully. Well, it, it did help me along the way. So you take a little bits from every everybody really that you you deal with, and and then when you become a manager, you're you're passing that on from your side of as a, as a player. And I suppose when you've had that experience, it's a lot easier for you to maybe transmit that onto players, especially like the younger ones, with your experiences of dealing with them different situations. Yeah, that's right. Especially, you, you know, you can see Frank. Frank got, a, you know, last year I, we had him in Derby. With me living in Derby, you know, I saw a lot of Derby County. I do a bit of work for Rams TV. And they they sort of, you, you could see the, the players looked up to Frank. And, and he was a player that most probably everybody, you know, sort of had that, um, what can you say, the sort of, connection really because he was just finishing these young players were going coming on in their career and frank could 
could pass his experiences on. And, and with Jody Morris as his number two, they got the great opportunity to go to Chelsea. And I think in the first season, they, they did a fantastic job. And that, that's what that's what he's done. And, and he will carry on doing that. You know, he's having a little bit of a rough time at the present moment. But, you know, I, I think he will come out of it. Chelsea fans have got to stick with him and, and mm. back him. And, you know, they, they've got a lot of players that have come in from different clubs. And they've got off to a great start. And then all of a sudden, they've had a little bit of a dip. But the Premiership is relentless. And especially at this present moment with COVID, you know, they're playing quite a lot of games in a quick succession and they, they've got to just be patient and uh, stick with Frank because he's, you know, one of the legends of the, the football club and uh, hopefully people will give him time. But it, it's so easy on social media at the minute, isn't it, where you can voice your opinion and um, everybody, you know, oh, yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, then they have their opinion. You know, in my day, it, it wasn't really much social media, really. It was a little bit, but there was a few websites and what have you. But, you, you know, I still got very lot of confidence in Frank that he, he will go on to be very successful at Chelsea and, and, and be a successful manager in his in his career, like he was as a player. I was going to say, obviously, back in the late 80s, early 90s, especially when he was at Chelsea, there was no such thing as, you know, iPhones, there's no such thing as sort of like Skype or anything like that or Twitter. Absolutely not. I mean, if if you was to voice your frustration, I think the only way you'd do it is down the pub. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they still do that anyway, don't they? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, I just want to take you back, Kevin, to uh, a a date that obviously was significant. for you, possibly. The yeah. 25th of June, 1987, yeah. uh, Chelsea signed you from Ipswich Town. Yeah. Uh, just quickly, what, what was it about Chelsea that appealed to you? And were there other clubs interested in your services at that time? Yeah, there were, there were other clubs. I, I spoke to, I think I spoke to about four at the time. Um, I think Sheffield Wednesday was one of them. Um, I, I, I don't know. John Hollins, I, I, knew, I knew John Hollins. We, we'd actually gone to um, Bahrain uh, to play against the, uh, I think it was the Iraqi army or what have you. There was a side over there when I was with Ipswich and Chelsea were over there at the same time. And, and I, had, I did have a conversation with John and he, and he just said, you know, how things? And he said, you're doing really well. And, and I said, yeah, things are going quite well. And, you know, we we were at that time in in the second division um, and Chelsea were in the first division. He said, "Well, well, keep in touch and I hope you're well." And 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 it sort of it, it sort of went from there. I, I just sort of felt, you know, I, I got on well with John. John was a very approachable guy and he he uh, was a good coach. And I just had that feeling coming to Chelsea because I'd been at two clubs like Derby and Ipswich, were big clubs. Uh, in their but but really small family clubs and I just wanted the opportunity to go and play in London and play at a big big club and you know it it was a, a real eye opener really when you most probably used to stop in the hotel up on the just just around the corner from Stamford Bridge and it was busier at three o'clock in the morning than it was at three o'clock at, <laughs> in the afternoon you know so you had to keep the window closed else otherwise you were hearing the traffic go by but no, it, it was it was an opportunity. It was it was a big club, you know. Even though it, it was just a lot of uh, 
celebrity status people come to watch Chelsea and, and what have you and it was just a, a club that I, I wanted to come to and they had they had good players at that time What was John Hollins like as a coach? Yeah, very good, very good you know, he was excellent he, he, just like as he, as he was a player you know, he, he passed on what he was good at you know, and that's what he said to you you've got to go out and show what you're good at and Unfortunately, we didn't get off to the best of starts. I, I think, mm. actually, I'd had a good pre-season. I think I got about eight or nine goals in pre-season. And uh, uh, Ken Bates had offered me a new contract. But um, I, didn't, I didn't start the season for one way or another. And um, it was a long time before I got a, an opportunity. But you, you, that's, that's the times when you have to keep focused. You have to make sure that you're keeping yourself fit when you're not playing and you're only getting... Look, little pieces but um, you know I, I can still see remember my first goal you know to the day you know we were 1-0 down against West Ham and uh, I, I picked it up and, and fired it in at the near post so it was uh, it was a, it was good because it, it sort of took a lot of weight off my shoulders and I think scoring against one of your London arrivals it I, I sort of become a not mostly a cult hero but a hero in a way because, you know, otherwise we'd have most would have gone on and lost the game 1-0. But, you know, all of a sudden things sort of changed for me at Chelsea because I think I came in to, to replace David Speedy, uh, who was a real fan's favourite. And mm. I had to live up to what I'd been doing at Ipswich. I'd come away from it, Ipswich and scored 25 goals the year before. You know, scored 49 goals in something like 111 appearances, I think. And, and, and I think a lot of things were expected of me. And... I never really, I didn't feel John gave me the opportunity when when he should have, and that was most at the start of the season. But when you had the likes of Gordon Jory and Kerry Dixon in front of you, um, maybe I wasn't uh, one of them. That I, I just had to wait for my turn. Well, it's funny you should mention about the West Ham sort of game that was in December because you said that was your first goal. Yeah. Was you looking back on it? Was you say? mentally affected did it sort of play on your mind a little bit that you was you know your debut was in August albeit on the bench against Sheffield Wednesday and you didn't score until the December did it play on your mind a lot within that time frame that you have you know again strikers are judged on their goals and the fact that you didn't score immediately you know you didn't have that maybe rapport with the crowd immediately did that play on your mind a little bit um, no, you got as as a striker, you got to keep believing in yourself and 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 be positive and you know keep going in them situations that you've most really missed them chances before. You know, there's nothing nothing worse than I see strikers now where balls get whizzed in the box and they're nowhere near. You know, we were taught to get across the near post and 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 get get where the other striker weren't going to go. You know, to get your opportunities. I always had the confidence in myself that I would you know, be be successful and I knew that I would get goals and, and it was only a matter of time. You know, I'd shown that pre season. Um and and also, you know, had had good people around me. You know, it, it changed a little bit when Bobby Campbell came in because all of a sudden I I didn't just play as a striker. I I played as a left side on the on the wing, right side on the wing. I played central midfield. I even played right back I think at Portsmouth. So, you know <laughs> I, I I was versatile in a way, and I, I found a way of, of getting in the side. 
and and that was important. But I, I did want to play as a, as a striker. But I think in in my head it was well, if I if I'm playing on the right side I, or the left side, I can still get a goal at the back post or I can create chances. So them them sort of things. Um, you have to have confidence in your ability. If you don't have confidence in your ability, then I wouldn't have had the career that I had because, you know, there's so many ups and downs in football. You, As I said earlier, you've got to be mentally strong and, and you've got to be physically ready to play in every game. Now, fellow Chelsea supporters, we have some really exciting news to tell you here. We want to introduce you to our new sponsor to the show, which is Manscaped. Manscaped is a product that I am very delighted that are on board on the Blue Day podcast. It's a product that I have been a fan of for quite some time. I use it on a regular basis. And Steve, it's bliss. It's a godsend for blokes. I just want to get your thoughts on it first because it's the first time that you've used Manscaped. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant, Keith. Absolutely brilliant. The uh, the trimmers and the just absolutely top quality. Um, and it's not often I talk about my underpants either, but um, no, that top not quality. Not in public. No, absolutely, but <laughs> top quality. You know, and uh, a grooming uh, thing that, that 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 sets you apart from Joe Gloggs in the street. Well, their products are precision engineered tools to suit your family jewels. The performance package 4.0, which is the latest one out, is outstanding the ultimate men's hygiene bundle join over four million men worldwide not just in this country of england but worldwide who trust manscape and we have an exclusive offer for our listeners of the blue day podcast go on to manscape.com see what you want go into checkout type in the code bdp blue day podcast 20% off and free worldwide shipping. And if my maths is correct, Steve, and I, I weren't that great at maths at school, that counts to about 8 million balls that will be sorted with this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Male grooming has become a very important part, hasn't it? Well, absolutely. And it's not, it's not just about your male grooming. You've got stuff like the weed whacker, which... <laughs> and... Folks, the weed whackers, there's nothing wrong with whacking your weed. It's electric nose and ear hair trimmer, which is an absolute godsend. Steve, hear the sound of this purring. It's, a, it's like a Mustang purring at you. Yeah. Well, it's either that or E.T.'s come home early. Yeah. No, it's... Um, E.T.'s it's... using Manscaped as well. <laughs> it's it's... top quality. Really, really surprised and really, you know, as I said, the trimmer is absolutely fantastic. The lawnmower, the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker air, air trimmer, hair trimmer, the crop preserver ball deodorant. You put deodorant under your armpits, why not on your bollocks? And the crop reviver toner. You get a box of briefs and a travel bag to hold all your goodies in the performance package 4.0 bundle you'll get that 20% off if you type in the code BDP <laughs> the lawnmower trimmer the future of grooming and dare I say the greatest ball trimmer ever no cuts no nicks 
nothing. You could use it in the shower. It's waterproof. It's got an LED light so you can do it in the dark. You don't have to put the light on to disturb anybody. It's fabulous. Features cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And Steve, the fact... (laughs) The fact that it's skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate areas. Yeah. You've also got, we could talk about the ball deodorant as well, and the crop reviver. Change the way you approach your hygiene, and fellas, your balls will thank you for it. I guarantee it. Type in BDP at checkout for 20% off anything you want in, in store. Let them know that you came to Manscaped, courtesy of the Blue Day podcast, and your bollocks will thank you for it. Isn't that right, Steve? I agree 100%, Keith. (laughs) So, we're going to have fun with Manscaped while on the Blue Day podcast. We are delighted and honoured to have them on the show as part of our main sponsor. We're going to be advertising them throughout the summer and hopefully beyond. So, go on to manscaped.com. Get your performance package 4.0. Get the weed whacker. Get the crop reviver. Get the crop preserver. Your balls will thank you for it. And even your loved ones will thank you for it. The ones you spend the night with, they are going to thank you for it, no doubt. I agree. (laughs) I agree 100%. Well, on that agreement and with my endorsement, fellas, supporters of Chelsea and supporters of the Blue Day podcast, Go on to manscaped.com, type in the promotional code BDP. You will not be sorry for it. I guarantee it. Manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you for it. Just bringing it back to Bobby Campbell. What was he like as a coach? Was there a lot of difference between him and John Hollins? Yeah, he he was uh, very vocal, um, got his points across. Uh, told you what was expected from him, but it was very, you know, most, most probably up there were one of the best coaches uh, that I had had worked with him, you know, and um, he, I think he helped me in in, in a way, um, you know, I'd, I'd come from Ipswich and I'd, I'd developed from leaving Derby and, uh, you know, now, now Chelsea was the next, was the next step and, yeah, he, he certainly helped me in my development. He he preferred sometimes to play me on the right side and the left side, and and Kerry and Gordon played down the middle. But when when I look back, I think me and Kerry had a good a strike like playing together than maybe him and Gordon Jory, you know, because I think we we're most really suited more as a, as a big and little man, um, you know, where jukebox was very much uh, very individualistic and he could make things happen out of out of nothing, really. Right, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, obviously, that was that season, the 87-88, we, um, the club, unfortunately, went down through yeah. a league playoff. It's hard to imagine now, sort of, in these days, a team going down for a league playoff. It was quite... Yeah. So, someone of my age, it's sort of a little bit like, re- you know, really, was that actually yeah. part of the rules sort of thing? But... Yeah, obviously the club went down. Was there any thoughts of from yourself about I've done okay in the first division, I need to stay in the first division? Was there any thoughts about maybe moving on or was it a case of I need to stay here to get Chelsea back to where they belong? 
No, I, I just felt that I'd never really had the opportunity to show what I was capable of doing, really. It was only in fits and starts that really I got opportunities in my first season at Chelsea. But that I, I knew that with dropping down a level that I would get goals because I got 25 goals a year before at, at Chelsea, at uh, Ipswich. And, you know, we it was one of them that we had to bounce back because... I think in the in the summer, I think in the summer we signed the likes of Dave Besant, Peter Nicholas, Graham Roberts, Ken Moncal. I think they were all people that came in. I think even Dave Mitchell came in at that stage. I think um, so. There was always going to be a bit more added pressure on the strikers with Dave coming in because he, he had come in with a good reputation from other clubs, but. You, like I say, you have to you have to believe in what you do when you you go away in the summer and you you come back ready to attack the the season again and that's what we did but we didn't get off to the best of starts to be fair because I think I think we only got twelve points out of the first twelve games and then we ended up winning winning the league by I think it was Easter we beat Leeds United one 0 at home where John Bump said only scored two goals all season and one was away at Leeds and, and one was from the cross from me that got promoted at home to Leeds 1-0 so yeah mm. you know when you look when you look back it sometimes sometimes you have to go back and readjust and, and when Bobby came in I think there was a different there was a different mentality um, he, and I was very fortunate I think actually that season I went on to play in all 46 games so it was it was on the league side of it. So it was it was great, you know, to to be able to have a have a medal as well, you know, uh, after having the start that we did. But there were so many. When you look at it, Graham Roberts, I think he he scored over fifteen goals. Gordon Jury, uh, Gordon Jury got um, fifteen goals, and I did. Kerry got his usual thirty, I think, or twenty five, as he did in them days. You know, so there was a lot of people chipping in. I think we did score. I don't, not sure where we scored a hundred goals, or we weren't far off a hundred goals and hundred points. Mm. It was a, it was a season that most probably you expected because there was a different uh, feel around the place. I remember one watching the highlights and sort of because I've got the season review on VHS, and yeah. one game in particular was the Warsaw away. And it was sort of proper Holmes old school video recording. Yeah. It was sort of the thing that, you know, a dad would record his son sort of playing football. <laughs> yeah. It obviously wasn't the type of camera action um, that it is now. Um, the Walsall game, we won 7-0. What, that sort of period where we was winning game after game after game, that must have, you know... Brought the confidence back up, surely. Yeah, of course, of course it was. You know, I don't even think Kerry played that day. I think I played up front with. I'm not sure whether Kerry did play. I think it was me, and Gordon. I think Gordon got five, didn't he? Graham Roberts mm. scored from the penalty, and I scored one. Um, and everything was about, you know, as it should have been with Gordon getting five goals. But yeah, you you had goals from anywhere. You know, I always remember we went to Stoke, and Peter Nicholas got sent off at nil nil, and we ended up beating them three nil. That was the sort of character and the the sort of uh, confidence you had that with the players in the team that that could score. You know, we could get goals from anywhere. Mm. Kevin, if I can, what was your partners? What was your partnership like with Kerry Dixon, and what was he like as a as a player? 
Oh, he, he was he was quite he had everything, Kerry. He had he he was strong, he was powerful, he was quick. Um and you know, he, he scored goals in left foot, right foot, headers. Um yeah, we had a good understanding, you know, even when I played wide I knew where he was going and, and you always knew that he just wanted it in the box nice and early because when you know, nine times out of ten he would uh pull it in the back of the net and you know that that's how good he was it he still went on and played for England a lot lot more but you know they were looking at the people I think it was Gary Lineker at the time was most probably in and around in front of him but no he was a he was a quality player he was a quality player and 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 certainly it was it was very easy to play off him because you knew that he he was always looking to get you in if if he couldn't get a goal himself so yeah, we we had a good understanding, and I think I always remember the hat trick he scored at Millwall with his uh, with a header, a right foot and a left foot right at the end of the season. And I think it was, <laughs> I think the boot boy actually left his boot back at the ground. I think he left quite a few, and he he played in a pair of boots that didn't even belong to him. I think and, uh, <laughs> got hat trick, you know. But no, he was a he was a quality player, and well, he was uh, is it second is it second or third on the all time. Mm. Record goal scorers, you know that that's the sort of player he was, and yeah, he he was everything that you you sort of want from your your, your big nine, really. Mm. Now, so we, we got promoted in '89. The first season back in the first division, we finished fifth, which yeah. at the time, you know, at the time was a great achievement. Not many promoted sides now would probably get to that position of finishing fifth, but. Yeah. We also won the full members' cup. It was a Zenith uh, Data then, Keith. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Zenith uh, Data Cup. We beat Middlesbrough at Wembley. Uh, yeah. What was what was that moment like for you to play at Wembley? Firstly, and you know what was it like to lift, you know, a, another trophy for Chelsea? Yeah, it was. It, and it, you know, being able to play at the, you know, Wembley was was everybody's everybody's dream, and I think it was eighty thousand people there, or maybe ninety thousand people, uh, for a Zenith Data final. But we, you know, we'd really got done well to get there through through the rounds. But um, yeah, it was a great great experience to to play at Wembley. I, I got brought down for the free kick. I think Tony Degree, Tony Durigo scored. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, with a free yep. kick. So yeah, we won nil. It was a very close game, and um, you know, after after getting promoted the year before, you know, we'd really built a, a real strong side, and you know, we'd had a good season as well, finishing fifth. And I think we'd surprised a few teams, and um, it, it was a real, you know, real good start. You know, so when when you look back, it's you know. Over my career at Chelsea, I I got promoted and and won a a championship medal, uh, as you would say now, um, and we we actually won the Zenith Data final as well. It'd have been nice to win something like the League Club for uh, an FA Cup for Chelsea, but unfortunately, it wasn't it wasn't to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, sort of moving on, sort of a little bit from 1990. I want to sort of just fast track to 92. So yeah. sort of like the end of your time at Chelsea. It seems you had a falling out with Ian Porterfield. Now we obviously changed from um, Bobby Campbell to Ian Porterfield. With that, it subsequently meant that you left. You was transferred to Notts County in 92. 
what was the overriding factors in leaving Chelsea? Uh, I, I didn't have a fallout with uh, Ian. Ian was the most probably the most mellow man that you would ever wish to wish to come across, and and we had right. we had conversations. Um, I wanted to play on thirty. I think I was thirty-two at the time. I didn't want to be a sub, or I didn't want to be sat in the stand. I wanted to play games, you know. Um, and I still had a four-year contract, you know. So it wasn't as if. Uh, you know, there's a big falling out and he, he wanted to get rid of me. And then Ken Bates had, I had an opportunity in 1991 to go to Blackburn Rovers. Um, and I, I, I turned around and, and I didn't take it. And, you know, it, it was one of them that I'd just come back from a Northern Ireland trip. And I, I mostly had about three hours to make a decision. And I had to hop on a, a plane from Heathrow to go to Manchester. But to do the medical and get it put through. So I just decided then that, you know, it wasn't right for me to go and I stayed. And then, you know, a little bit further down, a couple of, well, most probably six, seven months down the road, um, I was getting to a stage where I was was mostly in in and out. You know, the likes of Clive Allen had come to the football club and, you know, he he was a, a player of a high reputation and, Unfortunately, I, I wasn't playing the games that I wanted to play, and I, I went to Notts County, but it most really didn't turn out to be the the move that I I most would expected. You know, I, I went there with Neil Warnock. Um, I was probably didn't see eye to eye with him how he how he played and and his tactics and things like that. But I had a lot of respect for him. I have a lot of respect for him because of what he's done. He's, he's the most probably. You know, well, he is uh, the most, the manager with the most championship win, you know, getting promoted and, and what have you. But he, he, at that time, I was going there, Knots were most probably going to go down anyway. Um, it, it moved me back to the Derby area where I wanted to be. But um, no, it was just one of them things that never worked out. I think I played 80, 83 times for Knots, but ended up playing about 64 as a, as a right back. So um, right. that was uh, a little bit different, but you know, it, you you have to adapt, and you know, most probably over the career, I've, I've played in different positions, so it wasn't it wasn't strange for me. But my first game, I think it was most probably my first game that with Neil Warnock that we played Crystal Palace at home. Um, I scored on my debut. Uh, we were two 0 up at half time. I got brought down for a penalty about 70 minutes got the ball to go and take the penalty and, and Mark Draper went no I'll take the penalties anyway I said oh, okay you, you take it he took it Nigel Martin saved it kicked it down the pitch I think it went two bounces and Mark Bright lifted it over the top of Steve Cherry to make it 2-1 and we ended up to lose the game 3-2 and it most probably then you know it was, uh, well, you should have took the responsibility. You're the experienced one, you know, but I'd only been in the door two minutes and, you know, these boys have been in there a bit longer than me. And maybe, yeah, should have mostly said, no, I'm going to take it. But I, I could have missed it as well, Keith. So, you know, <laughs> it, it, it is what it is. And, yeah, it most really didn't get off to the right start. And um, he did say to me uh, once that the chairman had bought him, he hadn't bought me. So, um, yeah, so maybe it, it weren't meant to be. And sometimes you go to clubs and it don't work and, and what have you, you know. So, 
but got a lot, a lot of respect for Neil Warnock, what he's done and, and what he's done with the clubs, you know, still managing now um, and, and still getting success. So that, that's, that's a great achievement. So I would, would never, ever knock him, even though it didn't work for Kevin Wilson. Mm, that is fair enough. Um, if we look back, to obviously, to obviously how the game's changed from then to now, Obviously, I've mentioned, I've asked this obviously question to Ron Harris and also Sean Wright Phillips as well. But looking back from when you was playing, would you have liked VAR back when you was playing? And has, what's your overall thoughts on that? <laughs> Gonna say most of my goals have been offside, you, you know. <laughs> so um, there's good points and there's bad points with VAR. They're, you know, they've they've got to get it right, haven't they? You know, for me, it takes too long. Um, the game's going on and then you could be back two minutes and all of a sudden it's a penalty. You know, they've got to do something. Um, I preferred it the old route, but you, you knew it was going to go that way with the speed of the game now and, you know, the linesman or, or uh, assistant referees now, as they're called, keeping up the play. It, it's not, not easy, but it, it just takes too long for me, you know, and it's one of them that you can be celebrating a goal and then all of a sudden you're you're brought down to earth when when you've got your arm offside or your leg just slightly offside you know I, I, they did prefer the old rule where it, you know if the striker was slightly there looking in front that it was a it was still on on side really so um i still think i'm going to sit on the fence a little bit on this one Keith because i think it just needs to improve you know, there's so many different, you see different games and so many different opinions on different decisions. If you if you got back and looked at certain games in the season and then looked at another game, you'll be going, well, they give a penalty in that game. I actually did, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say Rams TV on. No, uh, that's fine. That That's I, fine. I looked, I looked at it, um, and there was a penalty in the Sheffield Wednesday game, and I, I, I thought it was a blatant penalty. And you know, if it had gone to VAR, they would have given it. But I, I just think it just needs to be a little bit better and 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 be more precise on its decisions. More clarity, I think, in it as it were. The clarity it needs more clarifying and mm. making sure that you know what is offside and what isn't offside. Agreed. Absolutely agree. Uh, just a couple of final questions, Kevin, before yeah. eventually let you go. You've, obviously, you mentioned your feelings for Chelsea. Your thoughts on Chelsea this season and where do you see them finishing this season? I still I still think they're finishing the top four. Um, I think, like I've said, it, it just takes some time to get used to the English style of football. Um, it's a lot different when you're playing Germany and Italy, they don't play as many, you know, midweek games and things like that as much. Um, and I, I just think you come over to England and the game is a lot more physical and, and more demanding than the most very slow tempo of the German league and the Italian league, you know. Um, so I, I just think they they need time and they, you know, the fans need to give them time. To, to come through because there's a lot of that have, have been signed who have started well and now they're just going through a bit of a difficult period. But mm. that does happen, you know, that that's happened. But the, the strength of squad is good. I think now they've got a goalkeeper in Mendy 
who who's got um you know um the top is the top class keeper. Um and it's most probably now we most probably have to shift a few now in the window we have to shift a bit of deadwood out and you know maybe add add one to you know what what he's got because um you know the younger players came through last year and did really well and you'd like to maybe see some of them given their uh, head and 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 given their opportunity again because you know that Gilmore you know is 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 a player that is going to be there you know he's along there with Phil Foden isn't he with the the qualities he's got but um yeah you you understand that they they have to have time and they have to t- get the right time to develop but I think this, he's got more man. He's got man of the match in the Champions League, man of the match in the FA Cup, mm. and man of the match in the league in in his first game. So, you know, he, he's certainly one that you you can see going. But he's most really got to play with the right person in you know the right people in midfield. Mason Mount, I've seen a lot of him last year at, Chelsea, at Derby, and and he's well the year before when Frank was at Derby. Uh, and he's he's come on and 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 gone where you would expected him to go. You know, he's he's a player with lots of quality. He'd be a player that, uh, you know, early doors. I think Chelsea fans were a little bit on his back, but I think he's shown his true worth to the the team. And I honestly believe that Chelsea will will get back back to the early season form and and start scoring goals again. Let's just hope that that happens for Frank and the boys this season. Uh, Kevin, finally, how do you look back on your overall career at Chelsea? Yeah, that, I, I think I think I did okay. I think <laughs> I think uh, certainly, um, you know, I, I got I won a Player of the Year award from the supporters at Chelsea. So, and, and every time I've gone back, I've always had a good reception when I've gone on the pitch at half time. So, yeah, I'm still I'm still remembered, and and that's always nice as a as a player, um, it's, it, it certainly wasn't easy at the start, but you know I persevered and it worked out to be right. And maybe looking back, I maybe we should have given it a little bit more time, you know, and persevered and, and tried to get myself through. But you know I wanted to play football and what have you. But you know I had a lot of good times at Chelsea, you know, winning the league and and also winning the Zenith data and. You know, we had some great results and I played with some very good, you know, some excellent players. And, you know, it's certainly um, a lot, you know, it's great to go back and, you know, bring back some lots of good memories um, because it, it it was a good time in my career. Brilliant. Well, Kevin, thank you very much for joining us on the Blue Day podcast. We do appreciate your time and hopefully, you know, when this COVID is over, we, you know, we can all get to Stamford Bridge again one day and cheer on the mighty Chelsea once again. Well, that's, yeah, that's what we all hope for. You know, that's what we're looking for. And, and also, Keith, thank you very much for the invite. It's been very much appreciated. That's absolutely fine. I appreciate your time. Kevin, thank you very much for joining us. Take care. Look after yourself, Keith. Take care. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.